1: Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any
2: dumber, you go going to do something like this.
0: Don't you see what this means? This is it. This is the beginning of everything.
2: I've been waiting for this all oh, my life.
0: All right, welcome to episode three of your Missing the Point podcast where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the downright bizarre aspects of life as we have conversations with people all around the world. Today, we are joined by Casey and Jojo from Tartarian Truthers. Casey and Jojo have exploded onto the scene of Tartaria seamlessly out of nowhere, providing well-researched, thought-provoking, and revealing information all within the Australian context. 28,000 subscribers, 39 videos, and tens of thousands of views each. Ladies, welcome.
1: Hello thanks for having us Drew. G'day
0: g'day thank no you. No problem at all. <laughs> um, thanks for taking the time joining us today I know that there's um you guys have been all around the country lately and visiting all these wonderful sites so to take the time and join us today it's very much appreciated.
1: Thank you it's a pleasure.
0: Thank you. No problem. Um, can we start off with a little bit of a background how did you guys meet each other and how did you end up researching this content and going down this very very deep rabbit hole?
1: Oh, do you want me to take this on, JoJo? Or... Yeah, you can start. Yep, yep, you okay. should start, Casey. <laughs> so it all kind of started, um, well, the, the channel started when I started my Instagram um, page, which was just May last year, actually. And I just decided I was going to start an Instagram page devoted to trying to. Um, I I guess I was hell-bent on proving that Australia kind of fell into this Tartaria theory as well because it wasn't mentioned anywhere else. Everything kind of pertained to everywhere else around the world. So I started this um, Instagram. Jojo was one of the first people to send me a message and then it kind of just spiralled from there. It spiralled in a good way, not a bad way. Yeah, it Um, really
2: did. Hey, but Casey, what was funny is when I found her Instagram page, I thought, that she was a bloke because most people in this community are guys. And I was like, please be a girl. You know, I was like, please be a girl, please be a girl. And when I found out Casey was a girl, I just like, I was just like, okay, finally I have found somebody that I can hopefully work with and, you know, try and go down this, this whole uh, Tartaria slash mud flood, um, conspiracy world with, you know, that's what I was really looking for.
1: Yeah. And we kind of, um, Well, we met Uh, just a week later. There was a rally in Sydney. So we met up at that rally. And as we're walking around, you know, the firecracker that JoJo is is just like, we should do it a podcast. And I was like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've known you for a week. Um, But, you know, she's just become my best friend and co host. And my whole life has just um, improved because of her, really. So. Thank, Thank you for the little flycracker that is Jojo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what, what a rarity both of you are, let alone two women in the conspiracy field, but Tartarian mud flood within the Australian context is, is such a rarity. And for the listeners that may not know, um, essentially Tartarian mud flood is a theory that at one point in relatively recent history, there was a global civilization called Tartary or Grand Tartary.
1: Mm-hmm. And through
0: some unknown means to us today, Uh, the civilization was essentially wiped out um, through liquefaction or some form of Great Reset. And like you said, um, ladies, it's more pertained to the Northern Hemisphere. And I have to admit myself, I was one of the people that researched mud flood and for the most part, never, ever thought of it as a possibility for Australia, because, you know, we've all gone through the Australian education system and we've been told for the longest time that, only recent European history happened within the past couple of hundred years, and then prior to that it was 60,000 years of Indigenous occupation, which for the most part were uh, supposedly hunter-gatherer society. So what what's the main point of, of mud flood, do you think? What's, what are the big questions people should be asking themselves?
1: Um. <laughs> I, I never know who's going to speak first. Is it going to be a joke or <laughs> Oh to... No, you go ahead. You go ahead, Casey. <laughs> um, so I guess with the way that mud flood um, pertains to Australia, I, I'd never really thought of it before. So mud flood was um, actually brought up to me by my brother. So I was telling him all about Tartaria and I hadn't even heard of mud flood yet. And then he said, oh, what do you think about the mud flood theory? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then I started researching that as well. And I thought, hang on a second, these are kind of, know they go together it's it's kind of you know hand in hand so when we look at um what mud flood means um to australian history i guess it's just the fact that things have been hidden and in regards to some of our huge buildings in our uh, nearly all of our cities but especially the east coast like melbourne sydney there are buildings that are three four stories underground massive basements but the, th- the real clincher is the windows and the doors. So there still are windows and doors built underground, three, four stories underground um, that appear to have been dug out. So you can still see these, these windows and doors underground, um, but they've been dug out. And I think people in this uh, kind of conspiracy world, these rabbitologist questioning, you know, why were they built? In that style, or how were they built in that style, or was there a cataclysmic event that caused a mud flood, um, liquef- liquefaction of some kind, like you, you said, Drew, um, that caused this to happen? That is the question. Exactly. I mean, the evidence is
2: everywhere. You know, we walked through Sydney um, at Christmas time, and you can just see so many of these old world structures buried underground. And you know, we're told that. 230 years ago when or 200 odd years ago when first fleet arrived there was nothing you know no resources no tools no nothing like how on earth were they digging that deep underground and um you know how like the question was always like how you know how were they able to do this and why and why yeah (laughs) and And why yes
0: and, and on the backs of unskilled uneducated convict labor to boot supposedly so Exactly. Yeah. That's very interesting. Even no, if you take into a, to, it. into account that, you know, okay, let's go with the narrative that Australia's founded as a penal colony, we had these convicts come out here. Even using tools of the day, which, you know, tools are essentially a lot better back then, but still <laughs> um, using standard tools and saws on Australian timber, you know that's going to go blunt very quickly. So building wood huts would have been a massive feat, let alone building a church or a cathedral when Mm -hmm. really you should be focusing on having places to live instead of a place of worship.
1: Yep, exactly, Mm -hmm. 100%. And from our research um, in our first, our second and our third episodes, which are on the building blocks of Australia, we actually go into a bit of detail about, um, you know, when they first arrived in the first fleet. And there's diary entries where they actually admit that, well, not admit, but they're stating, you know, they forgot the tools. They actually came all the way out here. And when they got here, they realized that they didn't actually have any tools um, and they had to come out on the second fleet, um, which he requested to come, you know, on the second fleet, which wasn't for another two years. So it doesn't, doesn't make sense that they were all just here for two years, just kind of sitting around twiddling their thumbs, waiting, you know, for the Mm -hmm. tools to arrive with the next fleet. It just doesn't make sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, far too many questions there, aren't there? Well, now, when we're, t- we're talking about these older structures, like you said, in the eastern um, side of Australia, on the eastern coast, down through to Tasmania, a lot of it does tend to be a lot of these church-style structures or the old meeting places or trading markets or turned into those. What do you think they were? In your From your research, what do you think that these structures were or are? Do you want to take this one? yeah
2: day? well, I feel like I mean whatever the civilization was before they were far more technologically advanced and um, what I think a lot of these structures were used for and we've we've talked about it in our in quite a number of episodes sounds of the old world um, uh, when we com- we also did a comparison episode where we compare our uh, cathedrals and churches to those all over the world, we kind of get a sense that they were um, machines of sorts, you know, perhaps they were generators or um, distribution of energy or even sound healing, you know, but we we can't really verify any of that because they've been repurposed into churches. And so nobody can look past that, unfortunately, don't you think, Casey?
1: Yeah. And it's kind of hard, um, you know, for just the general public, to be able to go in and look at some of these really magnificent buildings close up behind the scenes, you know, we could go into a church and we're only really allowed in that main, you know, area where everyone goes for their, you know, their services. You know, we're never allowed to go down into the crypts or, you know, to see, you know, how far these churches and cathedrals really go down underground, you know, if there's water under there. You know, we only see kind of, you know, what they've told us what they've taught us to see, which is that it's a church and you go there, you know, to to pray or f- for your mass or whatever. Um, but, you know, we feel like there's so much more to these buildings and that's why they are so majestic and grand and why they're no longer replicated today. We, we just don't seem to be able to, to build the same way that um, a lot of these structures have been built.
0: No, we have that modern architecture where everything in any country it all looks the same it looks like the same people built it which is hmm. almost an inversion of what's kind of been left for us that they've decided to do it in their own their own way where you have these modern day artists or architects make these geometrically ornate buildings that are just angles and upon angles which is kind of a bit of a <laughs> a clue hmm. to what, what's going on anyway but it's almost like the destroying of culture and history through having a universal um, architecture across the world now.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it's called brutalism actually.
2: Have you heard of that, Drew? I hadn't heard
0: the term before, no.
2: Yeah, so brutalistic style or design is um, something that seems to not evoke any kind of happiness or um, joy. You know, you look at these new structures that are being built today and, I mean, like they're boxy. Right, square angles, just very, very, um, ugly. Like modern, ugly, yes, ugly. <laughs> but this modern style isn't isn't anything compared to what we see from our um, old world structures.
0: You even get the same feeling when you're going through housing estates and you look at the modern, new metric on a virtue home type of things that are being built, and then you see. Uh, a Victorian era house or an old farmstead house, it gives you a sense of warmth when you look at those old Mm -hmm. styles of even housing and you look at the modern day ones and it's, yeah, it's just a rinse and repeat method.
1: Mm -hmm. 100%.
0: Disposable too, you know. Very much so.
2: mm.
0: Uh, Just a quick fire round if you don't mind, and we'll go through all three of us in what we think. Um, Earth, flat, round or globe? (laughs) flat <laughs> yeah uh, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> edging towards a, a flat or some kind of variation of that mm-hmm. um giants real make-believe or just religious
2: real real yep yeah, cool
0: very very much along the same lines uh another one this one has been a big change for me aliens extra-dimensional beings or demons for the longest time i thought it was just aliens were just a thing um and i'm now edging towards that if these things are real, it's possibility that they are ultra-dimensional, extra-dimensional and possibly demonic in in entity. What do you think?
2: Totally agree. Totally agree too. 100% demonic. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Speaking to the choir here. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking
1: to the converted.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Something that you guys covered, which I thought was fantastic and something I've always thought about is for the longest time we've always been told, you know, Australia is... For the most part, is only populated on the coast, and the interior is just deserts, and it's really uninhabitable for the moment. For the most part, Australia, compared to Asia and North America and Europe, lacks a lot of large bodies of water. We don't have the Great Lakes systems like you see in Canada or North America. Why do you think that is? So, I
1: what we believe. We did do an episode on Australia's secret inland sea. So apparently, there used to be some larger bodies of water that have since um, disappeared or dried up. Um, but we believe personally that Australia was actually a part of quite a huge cataclysmic event. Um, I'm not sure of you know what time frame that is, um, but when you look at Australia from Google Earth, it pretty much looks carpet bombed. A mm-hmm. you know, majority of the western states, well, actually most of it. You know, you've even got. You know, Western New South Wales and and Queensland. That's quite um desert. It's only really the east coast and Tassie that's that's still very much um you know bush and rainforest and the rest of it. So yeah, we believe that it was it was part of a a huge cataclysmic event. Sorry, I'm not sure what that event was, but it's like I said, it's almost like Australia was just completely annihilated by something huge.
0: What about Is you, Jojo?
2: Um, you know, this the secret inland sea was an interesting, um, an interesting one because we found that there was possibly a map, um, and two of the um, explorers, a Frenchman and I forget the Aussie, uh, the Aussie, the Englishman. Casey, I forget mm-hmm. his name. Flinders. Sorry,
1: Flinders. Flinders, yes.
2: of course, Flinders. And so um, they were on a mission, you know, to find this inland sea, and. They didn't find it, of course. And when they returned, there was like all of this sort of um, talk about, you know, oh, was it a lie? Was there really an inland sea? And perhaps there was. And that's my thought is like perhaps there was the inland sea only a few, you know, decades earlier. But after this cataclysmic event, it was completely dried up or or I'm not even sure. We don't know what it was, obviously. But um, it makes me think that. You know, there possibly was a large body of water at at one point, and there's even evidence of fossils and shells and just all kinds of things that lend to the fact that there was water there.
1: Yeah, in the middle of Australia, they've they've found shells and and remnants of things that should be by the ocean, Mm -hmm. not in the middle of Australia.
0: Even to go off the the mainstream narrative that the, the last ice age wiped off most of Australia's topsoil would kind of lend to that there has been a cataclysm to some point they're kind of giving us little tidbits there mm-hmm. have you heard of a the theory that australia was either connected to or has been recreated after the destruction of new zealandia no, no so no, there's no, a theory no, that new that. zealand was once connected to a, a large continent base called new zealandia and mm. some other people in the tartarian truth community are speaking about that this continent was wiped out and the effects of that either wiped out a lot of australia at the same time or it was australia was deliberately made um raising it from the ocean floor and the reason why so much of it is uninhabited is because it it's it's newly newly constructed
1: Mm, i have not heard that theory but that's really interesting Mm, very interesting Mm.
0: all right Orphan trains. So we see a lot of orphan trains, particularly in North America, Mm -hmm. where hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of orphans from Europe, their parents all died at the same time somehow, were brought over to the United States to work on farms or become uh, apprentices for tradespeople. Does -hmm. Australia have that same context? What do we have in regards to that?
1: So we don't have orphan trains per se, but we did have a ridiculous amount of orphanages,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a time frame where we have, you know, according to the mainstream narrative, a very small population. Um, so we covered that in one of our episodes called um, "Orphanages, Asylums, Jails, Jails, and Female Factories." Um, so yeah, we had all of those things that I just mentioned. We had a lot of in Australia in a time frame where the population was actually really minuscule so our question was you know where did all these children come from where did all these you know supposed people who are classed as mad and put into asylums um, and jails and all the rest of it where did they all come from um, so our theory it's a pretty wild one but our theory is that there were actually already possibly people living here in this country before Captain Cook arrived um, you know living a a rather happy and kind of peaceful life and you know the British came invaded and those people that didn't go along with the new narrative were locked up children taken away
2: yes and uh the children yeah taken away and and possibly indoctrinated into this whole new society new history new history yep history rewritten right in front of our eyes
0: I think we know more now than ever. It's quite easy to wipe out a culture or a civilization simply just through taking away their kids. Simply, you take their kids away, you lock up the people who remember and say they're mad. And over the course of one generation, you've completely lost your entire history.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. There's a quote from George Orwell um, that. I I really love and it relates a lot to that and it it is the most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history and I think that's happening now as we speak but I think it's happened previous times you know previous resets in you know our history and you know the the new generations that come come through are are just indoctrinated indoctrinated with a new history um, and then all that that was before is is forgotten basically exactly but
2: you know what's interesting about australia is and the reason that our research is so important is we've got the shortest timeline you know to work with so having the shortest timeline we're able to sort of analyze each step of the way like what actually was going on here whereas the rest of the world you know they were apparently um, evolving and and all these different timelines from you know um uh, renaissance period all these different periods and yet you know australia is just sort of sitting here not any, uninhabited or well, not uninhabited obviously but we had our um, first nations people but basically just a huge land mass right ignored ignored yeah by everyone a massive continent <laughs> so,
0: so it's a bit of an elephant in the room it could be quite contentious in when we talk about mud flood in north america there's theories that are discussed by a lot of people give some pretty good evidence that the North American Indians aren't actually from North America and they were transplanted there to cover up the civilization that spanned the entire continent and as the settlers were moving west they just were systematically wiping out what was left of the structures or obliterating them so that they could cover up what was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for Australia? We've we've got this proud history of a shared history with our Indigenous people, 40 to 60,000 years. Does that negate that? Does it go alongside it? How does it include these people who built these structures?
1: So it, it is a, a tricky one. Um, you know, we know that our, our first nations people were here, you know, they've been here for a very long time, but you know, Especially on the east coast around Sydney, where almost the entire population of Aboriginal people were wiped out, you know, almost straight away after the British arrived, due to genocide um, and disease. We've also got the Tasmanian Aboriginal population that was completely wiped out by the mid to late eighteen hundreds. So we don't actually know really anymore what was going on in Tasmania before the British arrived there. There's no, there was nobody, you know, left to kind of explain that history. Obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of parts of Australia where the history is rich, you know, especially over in Western Australia, Northern Territory, South Australia, there's there's a, you know, a lot of Aboriginal people that still live on country and, you know, share a lot of their knowledge with their um, you know, the elders share their knowledge with the younger generations. But I think a lot of that on the East Coast was lost. Um and you just don't know, like we just talked about, how how fast you can lose a lot of, you know, the history and the culture mm-hmm. when, when, you know, people are wiped out and, you know, because basically the way that I, I think of it is around the Sydney area, that East Coast area, a lot of the older generations, the elders of the Aboriginal tribes at the time would have been completely wiped out. So we really don't know what was going on, you know, before the British arrived except for what the British tell us, mm-hmm. right? You know, Um so, I know that's that's a contentious thing to say and you know, I might get some backlash for that. But, um, you know, we've been led to believe that the Aboriginal people were, you know, nomadic. They lived a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. But that's kind of already been disproven now mm-hmm. um, because we've got, you know, parts of, um, I think we did a, a episode on Budj Bim National Park down in Victoria where they found... Um, it's basically a stone settlement so Aboriginal people lived there they built stone huts they had um, massive um, eel trap farming systems aquaculture you know I think that they could have been far more advanced right Casey than what
2: we've been told and that's really what it comes down to I feel that it's quite possible that they may have lived a much more advanced lifestyle um, alongside other people that were here, right? We had, mm-hmm. we know now that there was Portuguese, there was Spanish, there was French. I mean, there were people here, and there's evidence of that from six from the 1600s. Um, so, but but because of this, and, and even if you think of the parallels with the indigenous or the Native Americans, um, it's it's all around the same time frame, 1770, right? All of this was sort of coming. Um, all happening around the same time, so was it the same people
0: mm, It's almost know. that reset period isn't it mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, even if we think about if Tartary was a a global civilization, a lot of people lend the idea that a global civilization doesn't have to be um, singly one race, it could have been multiple races and multiple nations under one empire or one civilization. So it's, it's very plausible that Aboriginal Australians have lost even more knowledge than we can possibly think of, that they were part of this great, great Tartary and, and what we're seeing today could even possibly be implemented by people who are trying to make everyone think that they were just the simple nomadic hunter-gatherers who were living within nature when they could have been much, much more. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, indeed. And, you know, there's been... Um examples in the past of other other people you know bringing this kind of stuff to the forefront so we mentioned in one of our episodes um, a book by uh, a man called Lawrence Hargraves you may have heard of him he was an inventor and explorer and a historian and in 1911 he released a book called Lope de Vega where he basically is calling out Captain Cook as a liar and he provides evidence of a Spanish settlement in Port Jackson as far back as the 1600s So this was obviously, you know, ignored and quashed by the establishment, but it just goes to show that people were already questioning our historical narrative back then, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: That's that's right. I can remember in the 90s when um, the Human Genome Project was really getting underway and they were taking DNA samples of um, Aboriginal people from the top end in Arnhem Land that they found a large percentage of Dutch ancestry within the people in the north because the Mm -hmm. Dutch had been here 100 years more before the British arrived.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. There's lots of, um, lots of information out there about Dutch settlements in Australia, but once again, all these things are kind of, you know, they're ignored. yeah, they're ignored. We just talk about it. We say, oh yeah, Abel Tasman, you know, he came here, he, he navigated, circumnavigated Australia, you know, he saw Tasmania and then that was it. Then he just went home, <laughs> you know, never came back.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a bit odd, Drew it is very so as we know history is written by the victors and we see that today happening all the time you look at the january 6 insurrection i'm using air quotes for those people that can't (laughs) see the screen that that's being played right now as the day that democracy almost fell in america and it's being perpetrated as there were armed people there ready to go in hogtie and kill american politicians and take the country over which we know it really wasn't you look at the footage it was people walking through lined ropes and sure there was a few rabble rousers being stupid but Mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't an insurrection that's just one thing looking at the current events of COVID and how that's being changed on a weekly news cycle Mm -hmm. history has changed all the time it makes you really wonder how much history could have been changed over a hundred years or a thousand years or ten thousand years
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, what did Napoleon say? History is a set of lies agreed upon. You mm-hmm. know, everything is constantly changing, and I think we're we're really lucky now that we have the internet. You know, to be able to to see and see the things that we can see and connect with people from all over the world. You know, back in the day, according to you know the mainstream narrative, no one was connected. No one knew what was going on in other countries, or if you did want to find out, it you know took five years for a letter to maybe get there on a boat or something (laughs) you know so you know who knows what what really happened exactly and I mean
2: I um I don't know if you've heard of this bloke his name's Anatoly Formenko and he's a Russian mathematician and professor and he pieced together this like historical chronology chronology sorry um of important historical events and he claims that they don't actually correspond mathematically with the dates that they're supposed to have happened. And I mean, it's fascinating stuff because he's using, um, you know, European history and um, Americas, but of course, Australia is not in this because we didn't exist, but, um, but, you know, there's there's evidence out there, Terra Australis, Terra Nullius, New Holland. I mean, we've, we've had so many different um, names for this nation. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just proves that history is just a web of lies. Really?
0: Even when you look at the Perry Reese map where Antarctica was mapped out showing it was green and lush with animals abundance. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. even see the edges of Tasmania and Australia connected to that. So, yeah, yeah like you said, we just have no idea what our, our real history is and where we've come from. We even see yeah. that in, main, in the mainstream narrative of history where the church for the longest time kept the Bible in Latin so that the common people could never read it. Mm hmm. And the people who actively translated it were burned as heretics.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It's kind it of is- happening today in the modern, you know, in a modern context when you look at, you know, when your posts get taken down off um, Instagram or Facebook or when you, you kind of, you know, your account gets suspended or whatever, it's, it's modern day kind of book burning now, isn't it, to try and mm-hmm. hide what's happening. The thought police are onto us, Casey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They definitely are. They are out there. (laughs) Or when you get shadow banned from a post from like three years ago and you're like, oh, yes. Come on. What was that? Definitely the algorithm. shadow banned now. If you try and search
1: Jojo on Instagram, you can't find her. (laughs) No. I know. No apologies,
2: though. No apologies there. It just (laughs) just makes me um, feel a little bit more confident that we're onto something. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
0: So, looking back at all the information you've researched and i've 've delved into this a little bit, and I had to speak with you today because this like I said, the Australian context was something that never even came across my mind, which is in hindsight is nuts looking at what you ladies have been doing, which is fantastic yeah. where Where do you think that civilization was was it this was it an all powerful well being culture and society that was omnipotent and wasn 't necessarily evil were they wiped out by someone what's your gut feeling
2: on it i'm gonna say i'm a bit torn because in the beginning i think we were gung-ho on thinking okay it was like this one world nation and everybody lived in peace and harmony and um it was all you know grand and beautiful and flowing and everyone was just living this fantastical life but i'm starting to wonder a little bit whether there was um it was a little bit more sinister like was there um something else i mean i, I i'm i'm on to something else right now and that's probably why i've gone I'm, I'm backpedaling a little bit but um once i start to get my head around this this part of it I, i'll definitely we might have to do a part two and, and i might have to explain to you my thoughts on on why i don't think it was such a harmonious um existence
0: that does it link to kazaria at all
2: uh yes mm, a little okay, bit yeah mm. so I, I see- i'm just i'm just on the yeah the, the precipice, I'm just starting that little journey now, looking at that.
0: And I've almost gone through this in reverse. I was learning about Kazaria and researching that, and that led to me to Tartaria and mudflow. Oh, really? So it's okay. the opposite end. Oh, wow, back to front.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay, we'll get there somehow, right?
0: No. <laughs>
2: That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, we kind of were a little bit naive going into it. You know, we learned about Tartaria and we're like, yay, we're going to prove that Australia was a part of it too. Um I think it appears now that what most people in general mean when they refer to Tartaria is actually more just like a large chunk of missing, lost, or stolen history. So everything's kind of fallen under this Tartaria heading now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we fell into the same trap. I mean, look what we called our channel. Um, (laughs) Basically, you know, we feel that although Australia definitely could have a history in the Tartaria theory, we've come to realise through our research that even if it doesn't, it has some pretty out there history, you know, that just doesn't match our 1788 Captain Cook mainstream narrative.
0: Absolutely. This is my take on the whole thing is that, you know, whoever's really behind the scenes and the people that you'll never know the names of, like we hear about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers, these people are low level account managers, essentially. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The real people that are running things, I think there's not one group or one person. It's a whole group of arguing and fighting uh, like mafia groups or groups that are out for it for themselves, so it's very possible that Grand Tartary was just one group that was usurped and destroyed, and another one took its place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, there is there's actually CIA documents leaked, CIA documents that have that refer to you know Tartaria and and falsifying their history and, and things like that. So. You know, there is evidence that it was a real place and it has been, you know, wiped from the history books. Apparently it used to actually be in the Encyclopedia Britannica's, the earlier yep. versions, and then when they updated it, they removed that from there. So, you know, there's definitely something to it. It's just kind of hard to to get to the bottom of it with yes. so much of it
0: lost. Listeners, every time you see an old encyclopedia set, if it's mm-hmm. very old, keep it. Do not keep throw it, it out. Buy it.
1: Yep, Exactly. <laughs>
0: Go straight to T and look up. In regards to giants, now giants could have been, they might have been like the initial group that were controlling everyone purely by their size, stature and knowledge and everything that goes along with it. And someone else took what they knew and wiped them out. What's your belief on the giant perception of everything? Were they our controllers? Did they live alongside us? Were they our precursors? Have they... Um, intermingled and bred themselves into smaller stature? What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: go, Casey. Okay, so, uh, I was just going to say I actually don't really know much. What I I mean, I don't know what my thoughts are on giants. I just um, I haven't done much research, but I think that they were here, obviously, and they probably contributed to the construction of, of a lot of our old world structures just based on the sheer size of them. And, um, and the door but, frames door frames exactly all the things that you look around like just don't make sense it wasn't made for us by the looks of things right some of these structures they were definitely made for a different stature but um casey you you go i'm not actually
1: <laughs> i don't have uh yeah I don't have, an answer. <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh i've never really researched giants i've always just believed that they were real um you know there's the whole nephilim thing uh, um from the bible where they you know fallen angels then they, you know, bred with, with human women, you know, there's that theory as well, which I tend to, you know. That's right, the Nephilims, yeah. Agree with, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really done much research on giants in Australia because, well. Although, although
2: Casey, remember um, Gil, our old mate, uh, Gilbert Dean, who sadly passed away uh, earlier this year, he did mention to me that um, there are giant bones. He's, he knows of the bones. site in, um, in Queensland
1: in australia yeah yeah here in australia so oh, yeah tell us more about it and then unfortunately we lost him early oh, no. so. i'm so heartbroken by that still yeah.
0: makes me wonder like, whether there's connections of that between you know globally there's this there's the uh every culture has a story of a hairy man, a giant hairy person. Is that possibly something linked to it? Who knows?
1: Mm. Oh, my husband is obsessed in yaois.
0: <laughs> I see. <laughs> we get along well then.
1: <laughs> uh, we actually listened to your cryptid podcast the other week when we were driving. Um, oh, awesome. The, the, um, your red pill, Deborah gets red peeled one. Um, but yeah, he, because he loves Yawis and he's obsessed in just learning everything that he can about, about them. And which isn't good because we travel around in a caravan and we sometimes go to some pretty far-out places. And I said to him, you know, if you want me to go to these places, you need to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you don't want to become a forest bride and be snatched up in the middle of the night, that's for oh, sure. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Uh What about Coral Castle? Have you ladies heard of Coral Castle before?
1: I haven't, no. No, no Coral- I haven't either.
0: All right, so Coral Castle is a odolite limestone so when coral forms and calcifies it becomes like a really lightweight stone um still too heavy and large sizes to build with but a gentleman in the united states built a coral castle structure supposedly using levitation he used a dolly and ropes but was lifting blocks and things that, that a single person couldn't do um he had this strange little box on top of his his tri-quarter and pulley. Um, that a lot of people say he knew the secrets to levitation and, and how did they built the pyramids, and he built this ornate giant structure out of coral stone. Wow. So that might be something to look into to help you understand maybe how some of the stru- these structures were built. Because looking at these churches, yeah. like I can remember on a year nine camp in Tasmania looking at the churches and cathedrals that were built down there, there's no way in hell a couple of people fresh off the boat, anemic. Mm-hmm. and all sorts of things built those giant structures out of stone mm-hmm. no way not possible mm, maybe
2: but he's this guy's onto some hidden technology
1: you know yeah some old world tech mm.
0: yeah definitely
1: uh, even just the not just the building of these churches but even just the the quarrying of the stone and you know preparing all that stone to to make these structures there are hundreds of ornate churches and cathedrals in Tasmania and they're all built in approximately the same time frame. frame. Mm. The population was so minute as well. And, you know, they were using convict labour. So basically unskilled labour, you know, it it just doesn't, it does not add up that these unskilled convict labourers, malnourished, you know, probably got scurvy, are building these ornate grand structures. And a lot of them in such short Um, periods of time drew like some things are are whipped up in eight eight months yeah Yeah. impossible
0: (laughs) look what are the priorities you arrive in a land you've never been in before with unknown wildlife you don't know what you can eat you don't know what you'll die from exactly you have to set farms (laughs) up you have to grow your own food but priority we need that place to go to on a Sunday so let's get Mm cracking
1: yep and let's make it as big as we possibly can (laughs) yeah
0: <laughs> and isn't it interesting, like a lot of these older ones, which we would consider older, the type of stone that's used in the creation of them they're highly crystalline mm.
1: Mm. yeah, which lends to that um levitation kind of theory of yours as well, interesting,
0: and, and, and even when we think about these places being um sound healing or resonance healing mm-hmm. places,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of them have some connection to water, whether they have an ornate fountain out the front or they have, you know, a spring underneath or, you know, it's always connected in some way to water, which they say back in the day that, you know, that technology, you know, distribute, you know, getting the ether, extracting the ether, distributing it. It was all, you know, based on water as well and cymatics. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's just, there's so many questions.
0: It sounds very all-grown energy. Mm. That's what it sounds a lot like.
1: Yeah, true. True.
0: All right. What's next for you girls? Where are you ladies <laughs> going to next? You you keep going <laughs> down that rabbit hole. What's like uh Jojo alluded to some Kazaria stuff in the pipeline. What mm-hmm. about you, Casey? What's what's next in your timeline for this?
1: Oh, I don't know, Drew. I am going down to Tassie for three months over summer. So I intend to do some, you know, exploring down there. I've never been to Tassie before and there are so many interesting sites down there. So I intend to do some thorough exploring. So we'll be doing a few episodes on Tassie down the track. That's for Mm -hmm. sure. And Um, right now, Casey, we're working
2: on ley lines. We're finalizing our ley lines episode.
1: Yes. Yep. We Um, just star forts last week. But, yeah, we, we're always open to new new ideas and new topics. So, you know, we often put out a call out, you know, to our followers on Instagram, have you got any suggestions or ideas or things you want to learn more about? And then we just kind of jump down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And see where it takes us. <laughs> exactly.
0: So Starforce, that's your latest episode.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: this is something that of Grand Tartary that I was probably one of the things that in my early investment in learning about it was, that was the thing I. That's definitely a no-go for Australia because Australians in general don't know about star forts, and I'm a bit of a, a history buff, or I thought I was until I learn more and more, and I realise I don't know anything at all. But <laughs> star forts, star forts are very much uh, a new world and old world fort structure. So, how does that apply to the Australian context?
1: So, what we discovered um, on researching. Uh, the episode for star forts is that um, you know they're very prevalent in, in most of the world except Australia. So there's nothing that's actually you know definitely um, classed as a star fort in Australia. But we th- we feel that you know due to the cataclysmic event that possibly did hit Australia, if we did have any fu- uh, star forts, they were you know destroyed, partially destroyed, covered up, you know grown over, covered in, mm-hmm. in you know bush rocks, water even, or um, repurposed. And so we do have a lot of barracks and batteries along the coastlines of Australia that were supposedly built in, you know, the early to mid-1800s. That just don't make sense because we really mm-hmm. didn't have an enemy that required us to have
2: so it's many fortifications.
1: Yeah. Um, and we didn't have the the skilled labour or, you know, the the capacity to build those kinds of, you know, forts when we, oh, not forts, sorry, you know, batteries when we're also building everything else, mind you. Yeah. Um, so we believe that you know there were possible star fort sites here in Australia, and they've been hidden, repurposed, or or covered up, and that's what we kind of discuss in in that
0: episode. Fantastic. Here, now, here's a thought-provoking thing. I'll throw you away and see what you think about it. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes you look at australia today for the most part even though we're an industrialized first world nation air quotes we're still an agricultural based culture and we feed (laughs) a lot of the world and ourselves is it possible that tartaria grand tartary used australia at that point as the agricultural hub for a lot of the world
2: um
0: and if you were, if you were to wipe out the agricultural base, that's quickly going to knock out a, a global civilization because they'll starve to death.
2: Mm, I've not actually thought of that, but I do think that maybe Australia was used for mining by the older civilizations. That's my my take. I think, um, but as far as agriculture, I mean that that would make a lot of sense too. And I mean something we can certainly look into.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, I've never. Never ever thought of that before, but yeah, if it, if you know it was the case, and then you know Australia was annihilated, you know that food source was taken out, then yeah, that could definitely mm-hmm. you know be the downfall of a civilization. Yeah,
0: and I, and I only got into this because I'm trying to be self-sustaining and um, growing my own native food forest. There's an abundance of native Aussie bush foods, but it's not at the levels or the capacity that you find in other countries. Like mm. a lot of our modern foods have been taken from South America, Asia, and we, have for the most part, genetically engineered them through selective breeding. Mm-hmm. But you don't see that in any of the foods within bush foods within Australia. That leads me to think that, yeah, like you said, there was a, a carpet bombing or a, a, a burning of everything off and, Mm-hmm. Only the strongest little things survived.
1: Wow. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's like um, in the book Dark Emy with Bruce Pascoe, and he talks about the ingenious farming methods that the you know the First Nations people were using, um, apparently when the British first arrived. And I don't know if you've read the book, Drew. You probably have. Yeah, I have. Yep. Where, where they speak of you know you know kilometers and kilometers of paddocks of mm-hmm. yams and you know as far as I can see, cleared land where they're, they're obviously farming, you know, so that kind of lends to that theory as well, okay. doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, especially yeah. in my own area. Uh, all in the surrounds now, it's all been Clearfell, but it was at one point supposedly it was giant red gum forest that mm. took the longest time to get through on swampland and really mm. were just geo-engineered this place to be a farming hub. Um, yeah. It's almost as if... Not just the history being wiped out, but all the things that you need to get a civilization to rebound within Australia.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. I noticed that when I went to um, Budj bim uh, down in Victoria, and it's like a little island of you know luscious bush, just surrounded by completely annihilated mass agriculture. Everything mm-hmm. dead. You know, nothing's growing there anymore anyway because they've just completely ruined the natural habitat. Yeah. And little, you know, budge beams just right there in the middle. I don't know how it's managed to, you know, it managed to survive. Um but yeah, yeah, I just noticed. Barely that. though, right, Casey? Because
2: I mean you can't you can't even the fact that it's just it's a reserve or like a natural, uh, a natural. national reserve and, and there's some parts you can't go and take, you can't look, you know, and it makes me start to think about um you know, if it was, if well, if we were completely annihilated, these are the remnants, right, of mm. what survived. Could these have actually been larger, bigger structures? Or, you know, like we don't, we don't know. But yeah, That's it's, a larger civilization, exactly. With that, mm. with a very um, unique agricultural style, you know. But we don't know. We don't know.
0: And you have to think about it. Put it in a modern day lens to try and understand it let's pretend World War Three happened tomorrow and all the major cities and the larger towns were all wiped out overnight and the only people that were left behind were a few little families living up in the hills, they wouldn't have the means or the understanding to rebuild society as it currently is. They mm. wouldn't know how to rebuild a computer. No, they, they couldn't fix things as they broke down. Mm-mm. Everything would revert back 200, mm-hmm. 300, 400 years instantly overnight. Exactly, yeah. yep. Absolutely. It'd be like Little House on the Prairie all over. It. <laughs> That's right. But with uh, much worse connotations.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, now this is always a hard question to try and put into into your own words. In a few short words each, what is the point of Tartaria and mud flood? What is the point? Or what's the what's the What's the main thing people should be thinking? Of? What's the point of mud flood? What should we consider?
1: I think the point really is to just be wary of what's currently happening in Australia now, because I think if you're not aware that there have been resets in the past, that there used to be other civilizations that have been, you know, completely wiped out. You know, if we're on the brink of another reset right now, then you're not going to be aware of it until it's too late. Exactly. Um,
2: for me, look, I actually think you know, with all these these resets and and civilizations, look, people they can believe the story of Noah, right, with the floods, the great flood from the Bible. Everyone says, oh, yes, the story of Noah and the great flood, and but if you mention anything else like say another um, isolated event that just occurred in Australia, for example, just saying, just hypothetically, um, is it possible that like it, our education system is what's what's failing us? Okay. So really what it comes down to is um, looking at our education system and trying to figure out how we can incorporate some of the things that we're discovering right Casey I know that's my big thing Um, I would love to be able to to say hey wait a minute why don't we why don't we start thinking critically again you know why are we falling into this indoctrination um, system and accepting it it's just it's all by design obviously and the massive resets that we've seen in the past clearly there were larger people Clearly, we did not build um, four feet, I mean, four stories below, you know, clearly all these, all this evidence is right there, but we can't get through to the people, you know, and our society is just hell bent on watching mainstream media, going to school, getting educated, air quotes, um, but they refuse to see what's actually in front of them. And and it's kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the point is they're missing, they're missing the point right? They're missing the point. And um, yeah, it's going to be too late. That's exactly right. What Casey said, it's going to be too late. Something's, something can happen and it'll be too late. That's, that's
0: it. I, I think you're both right, but I, I kind of have to hold out some kind of hope that a lot of these things that are happening are also turning against what's happening as well. Like the internet was mentioned before. That's mm-hmm. really something that I don't think they anticipated would go the way it would.
1: It's yeah, almost I like they
0: let, they let the genie out of the bottle and now it's run off on them. They've lost mm, control of it. That's right. That's why we're starting to see the shadow banning and the wiping out of accounts. Yeah. And even though a lot of people aren't going to be awake to a lot of this stuff, a lot of people are waking up. There's people having conversations about things they would never have done 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm, or yeah. three years ago, let alone. There's a lot of people who are waking up. There's a lot of people who I think have remorse and bias guilt about a lot of things and, Mm -hmm. aren't willing to acknowledge it but at the same time there are people that have done certain things but are realizing the implications of of all the things that have been happening in the past few years Mm -hmm. and and even that gives me hope when people are starting to talk about this it's going to eventually build up momentum and hopefully it gets to a point where it turns into a net positive instead of a net negative
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I've seen just recently there's been a, a much bigger turn you know, especially with all the, the COVID stuff, you know, they're pushing the fourth booster at the moment. And a lot of people, uh, you know, it, it's really starting to wake them up to mm-hmm. you know, possibly, you know, a more nefarious, agen- nefarious agenda out there, you know, whereas, you know, two years ago, even one year ago, they weren't even willing to consider that. So, yeah, I agree. There there mm-hmm. has to be some good to come out of all of this. Definitely.
0: It's mm-hmm. has to Agreed. be. There's always a yin and yang in everything. hmm uh, would you ladies like to pl- uh, plug anything? Where can people find you, your contact, your content, or contact you? So we
1: have our YouTube channel, which is Tartarian Truthers, um, and you can also find us on Instagram. So I am Aussie Mudflood Tartarian, and JoJo. Yep,
2: I am a Tartarian heart, and we've dropped. A, I've dropped a couple of my um, what do you call them? Underscores because I it used to just be too many, but yeah, it's just a Tartarian heart. And if you won't find me though, because I am shadow banned, <laughs> <laughs> so good luck. But you can find me probably through Casey's page if you if yeah. you do look. Yeah, it
0: means you're doing all the right things if you're getting shadow banned. <laughs> and I'm Drew Missing with you're Missing the Point. You can find me on Podbean, iTunes, and anywhere else you find your podcatchers. And I'm also listed on Instagram as Missing the Point. Thank you again, Casey and JoJo, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate both of you for taking the time to come and share your knowledge with myself and the listeners.
1: Thanks for having us, Drew.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Thank you
1: so much, Drew.
0: No problem. All right. Bye. Bye
2: Bye-bye.
1: Hey everybody. It's closing time.
0: You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here.